Hello, my name is Alex. <laughs> I'm Jenna. I'm Megan. And I'm Tim. And this is the third episode of Minds at Yerk. How's everybody doing? Better. Super. Yeah, great. Awesome. I'll, I'll be awesome when I'm at Disney. Well, yes, Jenna's going to leave us partway through the recording so she can go pack for Disney. Oh, dang. She's oh, dang. so much cooler than us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was never really a question, That's though. That's very true. At least as far as I was concerned. Okay. So, I mean, relative to me, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, The Encounter, our first Tobias book. Woo! Yeah. Which I think predictions last week, Tim predicted Marco, so sorry. Tim also <laughs> predicted a whole lot more of Vice Principal Chapman, if memory serves. I, <laughs> I forgot about that. My my prediction's not very good no. so far. No, no. Uh, would you like to try your hand at a recap instead? Sure. Okay. So, the encounter. Uh, oh my. Tobias starts out in an altercation, sort of similar to the last book, except it's not Rednecks. It's a car dealer <laughs> named Dan Hawk. Um, Rachel turns into an elephant, and Tobias, they destroy cars and cause a whole bunch of property damage. A lot like that, uh, too. A little bit later on, a goose collides with an invisible York ship. So the gang heads for the mountains. Uh, they can't fly, so they run as wolves. They run into a park ranger army, which even they says is kind of weird, and it is. Uh, they see trucks and helicopters, so obviously something big is going on. Then the hork Bajir troops appear. Uh, they see a manta ray-shaped ship, which appears in the sky. The ship, it turns out, is coming down for supplies like water and air, things you need. They have, a, a, the group is still wolves. They have a run-in with another group of wolves over a rabbit. Uh, they almost take too long morphing back. And they make a bunch of comments about this, which is awkward for Tobias. <laughs> they come up with a plan to uncloak the ship uh, by getting aboard through the sucking up of the water. They're going to become fish. Tobias goes to spy and ends up killing a rat, which sends him down a spiral uh, some really dark stuff happens there uh, he later saves a guy which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about more later uh, he saves a guy from a hork bajir uh, goes to see Rachel the gang heads for a bear cave uh, let's see then they go fishing because they have to collect some DNA Tobias plays chicken with a helicopter uh, turns out that oh and wins by the way Turns out Visser 3 is down there, which sort of screws with their plans of sneaking onto the ship. Tobias has to deliver the fish to the lake so that they can get sucked into the ship. Visser 3 kills a hork bajir, and everyone is after Tobias. Tobias is trapped atop the, the truck ship with Taxon surrounding him. He steals a Dracon beam. He sort of like heroes out here for <laughs> a while. Uh... He ends up taking out the big ship, uh, creates a hole in the ship so that the rest of the group, which was on the ship and figured out that they couldn't do anything now that they were on the ship, helps them escape. They become birds and end up getting away. 
Tobias sees his ladybird friend, who I haven't mentioned, but she <laughs> plays a big role in this. Um, she gets shot. Uh, he goes to see Rachel for a philosophical, sorry, philosophical, philosophical. That's the word I'm going <laughs> that for. That's a good word. Philosophical discussion of humanity. And that's the book. Right. I do enjoy philosophical and Dalate discussions. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's a big word. It's, it's complicated. <laughs> you got it out. We're proud. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll get there eventually. Um, which I have one sort of like major burning question about this book. Yes. Uh, how did he write it? <laughs> it's bothered me since the beginning. With a quill, obviously. With a quill. He just dipped his little he little feather. Had a thought speak recorder and someone else wrote it. I don't know. It was yeah, dictated. Uh, <laughs> bothered me the whole time I was reading it. Oh dang. That was that was, was the a- one thing, huh? Yeah, that was. That's, that's, it was good though. I liked this one. I thought it was a good book. This one was really fucking dark. It did right about the middle there. It did. Yeah. It went off the rails. I was like, "What just happened?" Yeah. But it 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 played well though, because you got to think he would have those thoughts in that situation. Sure. You know. It, it was good. But yeah, it did take a turn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, as seems to be the case now, we've started out with descriptions of Rachel transforming. In this one. Or at least of Rachel. In this case, as she transforms. And I wanted to point out something in Tobias's description. Oh god. He points out how perfectly formed her ears are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... Blonde hair began to spout from her massive gray forehead. Her eyes wandered across her face toward the middle. The vast leather ears became pink and small and perfectly formed. Do you guys think Tobias has an ear fetish? Or, as a hawk without external ears, he's just a little jealous? Ooh, maybe both. Um, yeah, I... I think given the themes of the book it's probably the first one although i would be happier if it was the second you'd be happier if he were just jealous of her ears yeah it would be less creepy to me no i'm going to go with the stance of like do you remember your first crush and just like the weird thoughts you had about them like maybe you overthought their freckles or like i don't know any other weird traits clearly my first crush had freckles um (laughs) I like. I feel like there's a movie, and it'll probably hit me as we're getting like closer to the end of this, or at three a.m. or whatever. Where like someone talks about the perfect ears of their crush. It's just like a middle school thing. It's very Ted Mosby. I'll give you that. That's oh, okay. Geez. Fair. <laughs> Which How I Met Your Mother character? Oh no! Is each animorph? No, I'm not playing this game because I've only watched like three episodes. I mean, Tobias would be Ted. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I think Marco has to be Marshall. Yeah. But that makes Jake Neil Patrick Harrison's character. Yeah. And that doesn't Who's fix. the He is the one most likely to make schemes though. 
Okay, fair. Fair. True. And he will hit on everyone, including both his cousin and the girl he's sort of kind of actually involved with. (laughs) So, to ask the question I've asked every episode so far, where do you think they're located? Alex actually found out again where they're located this week, so you may want to I unfortunately received... I received additional information this week. However, even if I didn't have that, I unfortunately would probably have to give up on Ohio because of all the talk of mountains in this one. Yeah, that also rules out Florida. Yeah. Hmm. Canada? They could be Canadian. We have not discussed that possibility yet. Clearly they live in Saskatoon. Yeah. I don't even know where the fuck that is. Saskatchewan. Okay, that makes a good bit of sense. I believe it's the capital of Saskatchewan, in fact. Was it yesterday? No, Sunday was Canadian Day. Canada Day. Was Canada Day. Okay, so I have a really good friend that's Canadian, and so I've always called Canada Canadian land, just to piss her off. And I was like, most people don't know that, so I probably should actually just call it Canada and not sound like an idiot, but I still did. So, I like the it idea happens. of Canada. Hmm. So, it's... I think that they live somewhere here in the south, though, because I I don't know. I keep thinking that the gardens is definitely bush gardens. I like that. I thought that, too. I, I actually wrote that down for a second. And I don't know how many there I are. For... Other than in Florida I've... and in Virginia. Okay, I was about to look it up, but... Virginia Those are the only ones sense. that I've been to. Virginia is also close to the capital, which... If you're going to try an alien invasion, maybe start mm. near the capital of a powerful country. Is there a lot of mountains in Virginia? Oh, yeah. I've never been to Virginia. Oh, yeah. It's not too far from them if, it's, if, it's, if there aren't. Yeah, the Appalachians run through, mm-hmm. at least through western Virginia. I think those are the only two locations. All right. Virginia sounds good. So do we want to talk about the romantic triangle in this one? There's a triangle? Yes. Oh, yeah. There yes, is a triangle. Do. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. There's no love triangle in these books, but there is. Yeah, there is. There uh, is. <laughs> Perhaps a, uh, a romantic quadrilateral, depending on how no, integrated stop. Tobias and his hawk personality are at any given time. <laughs> on the uh, human side you have Tobias and Rachel on the hawk side you have Tobias and Female I hawk. guess they never really give her a name because she's a hawk car hawk? but the hawk whom he frees from the car dealer at the beginning of the episode yeah yup he's real into that hawk lady this book has so much angst so much angst. So much. We're only three books in, and this much angst. No, I was, I was convinced that Tobias was going to run off with the the lady. Hulk. And then that was it. That's the last we hear from Tobias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, several times in this book. <laughs> I mean, he does make a point of saying he is not ready to be tied down, in either form. <laughs> I do love how much he struggled with those feelings, though. Yeah. He's like, mm, it's like a magnet magnet pulling me toward her. Wait, no, that's bad. Wrong, wrong, Hawk. Wrong. It was nice to well, see the struggle of him, like, 
fun because I remember the Tobias I remember eats rats so I was like oh I had actually forgotten that Jake leaves him food that he actually has to have this like existential crisis over accepting his hawk side because I was just like no you eat rats because there's always awkward moments when you talk about what you eat and you have your meadow so that's just I think I've only read this book once yeah same this one always kind of bummed me out a little. Yeah. I remembered it. Just a little. But just a, just a tiny bit. I mean, unless you've dealt with the kind any kind of angst, it's kind of hard to relate to in a way. Cuz there's not a ton sure. of action until the very end, like literally the last 10 pages. No, it is it is almost entirely Tobias's struggle between retaining his humanity or giving up and being a hawk and finally finding that middle ground as the metaphor of a romantic interest who is a hawk gets shot out of the sky what if she hadn't been we might have lost tobias forever we might have all that easily makes him the most interesting character so far though yeah sure the 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 mall scene might have been the most interesting part of these books for me so far oh man i teared up so bad poor tobias I just wanted it to be over. Because we talked about this this week on Panelology. Everything we read this week was really... <laughs> That's oh my true. God. I'm sorry. We did not choose a good book to go with Panelology <laughs> this week. It's all good. And by this it's week, all good. it'll be last week when this is actually released. Hey man, it ended well. There was a big damn hero moment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got to watch a hawk shoot down a giant, uh, a giant spaceship. Hawk lasers. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Evil should be so lucky. <laughs> and him taking on the helicopter and the chicken? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. And, and, and he made the helicopter swerve. I actually have a note here while we're on this, uh, the, the subject of the aerial maneuvers. As far as the size of the Manta ship. Okay. He says you could never get used to how big that thing was. It felt like someone was hanging a small moon over your head. All I could think, all I wanted someone to say was, that's no moon. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been great. It would have been. Also, before we stray too far from the hawk, Rachel. Yeah. Tobias thing. I have one other note, uh, which is just, hot telful boyfriend, anyone know that game? The dating sim in which you are dating birds? No. I only know the hot dad one. I feel like Animorphs is rife for a tie-in to that franchise. I can't I can't say that I've ever played it, but I'm familiar with it. And it is literally a game in which you are trying to date birds. Okie dokie. Are you a bird in the game? I believe you're a human just dating birds, and everything is played as normal. Except instead of human character designs, there are just pictures of birds. I mean, we read Snagglepuss. This is not the weirdest thing. That's true. So, is this a phone game? It was like, I think, a PSP game, a Steam game originally. Uh, I will Google some while someone else talks for a moment. (laughs) It is on Steam. Okay. Alright. I will. Here, let me just drop some some images from this in the oh uh, god in the chat so that everybody can see them so for instance 
you are. Oh, that is a bird. Um, to... That's a yes. dove. The dove party is believes a kind of bird. we should live peacefully with the remaining humans, while the hawk party believes we should exterminate them to make room for birds. Okay. <laughs> well, that's that is half of Tobias. So yeah, okay, I see it. Yeah. Uh, there are lots of pictures of conversations with birds you can romance if you Google pictures of this game. Anyway, I really hoped someone else would know that, so that would be a decent talking point and not just make <laughs> sound like a hero who wants to romance <laughs> birds. It's on Steam. I haven't played it. I only know of its existence because Polygon had fun with it when it came out. Oh, okay. I'm glad you, you threw that little tidbit in there so that nobody thinks you're, yeah. you know. Um, but it is, this yeah. book, you know, there are some hints in the last book that maybe Tobias and Rachel have feelings for each other. Maybe Jake and Cassie do. But we get a full-on, like, Han Solo moments, Leia moments. Yeah. In the end of this. And, like, as a reminder... Tobias kind of just was walking with them. He wasn't friends with them. And it's right. been not even a month since he's been a hawk. Yeah, I think they said the most relationship he had was Jake would stop people from beating him up sometimes. Right. Yeah. So, if that doesn't scream young love, what does? <laughs> Still better love story than Twilight. <laughs> this is a better love story than Twilight. Yeah. Don't take that away from yeah. me. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> what isn't a better love story than Twilight? Mm, Fifty, 50 shades. shades of Grey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh. Okay, fine. The fanfic of the thing is not better than the thing. Correct. I'll accept that. So... I don't know if you guys actually remember this, but there was the Annie base and I had actually found it. You can no longer get into it. You can try to download it, but like my computer was like, no, this is too old of a program. We're not going to run it for you. But um, it was like a place where KA Applegate like put tidbits of information about books and the series and stuff, which so for this one, um, I guess the question a lot of the time was, is that Jake on the cover? Because Tobias is supposed to be blonde and the kid on the cover is not. Um, Right. And so apparently when they hired the model, he was blonde, but he came in and like had dyed his hair brown. But this is also why you'll notice Tobias starts to get described as having dirty blonde hair later on, which is a thing that I realized as a kid and was (laughs) like, I don't know why this changed, but okay. Um, but she also talks about why she chose to make him a red tail hawk versus anything else. But it's just because it's the most common one in the U.S. Um, and she liked the idea of, like, kids daydreaming and, you know, seeing a bird and being like, maybe that's him. So okay. it's kind of cool. <laughs> that's adorable. Doesn't this even kind of end on that note of if you're outside and you look up and you see a hawk? Exactly. Yeah. We also finally get mentioned that his parents have died. I think we were debating it in the first book, but we because we knew he would was being passed from an aunt and an uncle, but he does say his parents have died. Yeah. Um, 
Poor Tobias. Poor Tobias. Oh, it's Price Cutter Polly. His parents and his hockey lady love. Polly. All right. I. Okay. So I, I just read a whole Tobias book. Okay. And I know there's like 70 books left to go. Yes. I cannot imagine that he stays a hawk at the end of this book series. Like, I know you can't spoil that for me, and I don't want you to spoil that for me. But I just want you to know where I am right now. And where I am right now is that he 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 has to get fixed by the end of Why this. Why does he have to get fixed by the end of this? I don't know. I don't know. Like, it just, that's the <laughs> way it seems like it has to go for me. I will say, there was a question that came to my mind over the course of this book that was along those lines, even though I do generally remember where Tobias's arc goes in terms of that. What is the lifespan of a red-tailed hawk? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm assuming you've Googled well, this. Well, <laughs> uh, I am as we speak, in fact. He didn't pre-Google. pre-Google. I God, mean, I cannot speak today. This series is very... Like, we are three I... books in. We have nearly lost four of the five Animorphs. <laughs> and, like... If this, if you did not know that there were seventy more, there's whatever. Like, this could have been the end. So I understand that you're like, he's got to get a fix, right? But like, yeah, this is not a happy series, Tim. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like the record for a red-tailed hawk is twenty-five. So Tobias would be dead by now. Okay, but maybe he morphed into a year-old bird. We don't know how old the bird was. But this goes back to the 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 question, like how the rules are different. Because I'll mention that I made a note when they were getting the fish DNA. I wrote myself a note that when I read immediately later was really uh, concerned with. I was wondering if one of them could touch the fish, become the fish, and then the next person in line could touch the the animorph fish, and if that would have worked. So I just wrote myself the note, couldn't they just touch themselves <laughs> when morphed? <laughs> and then I read it, and I was, that's not that's not coming across like I meant it. But it goes. No, you meant couldn't the they thing. just touch each other while morphed? Exactly. Also, not <laughs> Crazy. better. <laughs> but it uh it, it it's if, how are the rules different for the anamorph? Do you still get your same lifespan or do you get the red tail hawk lifespan? I'm going to assume that once you're stuck in the morph that clock is ticking. Yeah, I mean you can't defy the laws of that animal. The real question is if you spend half your time morphed into things Will you live twice as long? That's a good question. Oh, because see, I was sitting here going, man, anamorphine. Morphine must, like, really take a toll on your body and kill you quicker. But Maybe it breaks even then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, your your age stops while you're an animal. But the stress of doing it adds it right back. Because, I mean, like... They almost get stuck in wolf form in this book. That's traumatic as fuck. For everyone involved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but worse for Tobias. Yeah. 
Yeah, eventually worse for Tobias. Like, I mean... Yeah, because they're all like, whoo, we really dodged that bullet, yeah. didn't we, guys? And he's just sitting there yeah. in his little uh, bird body. Guys, I'm still here. Poor Tobias. <laughs> That's did... kind of the tagline for this this book, though. <laughs> Poor Tobias. Yeah. 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 I did love... Like seeing how grossed out he was by watching people morph, though. Yeah. Like his yeah. his head popped out and it was so nasty. <laughs> the the best description was when he was talking about Cassie and he said her eyes just rolled around to the side of her head. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see that. Oh. That's all. Um, I don't think they turn into fish in the TV show. I don't think the storyline gets told. How much longer till I get to watch the TV show? That's what I want. A know. while, yeah. Ugh. I don't remember where, how the TV show ends, but it's a while. Yeah. Yeah. No more than like fifteen books, I would say. I don't know. I'd have That's to actually bad. look at it again. Fifteen Fortnites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe somewhere that... around February. Yeah. Did you see that somebody posted on the Facebook group what half a Fortnite was? Yeah. Thanks, Do Tracy. you remember what it was? No. A I just sin-ite. read it not long ago. The Sinite. Why sin- don't they just say week? Yeah, I was about to say, it's a week. Yeah. Who knows when the word week I'm gonna say, came into existence? Uh, I'm going to say Sinite from, for the rest of my life now. I'll see you in a Sinite. Yes. And just get weird stares. <laughs> is not really different so that's fine <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, say, yeah that changes. pretty much tracks <laughs> yeah so a lot of this book is just emotional journey I feel like there's a much less condensed plot to this one yeah than, than some of the others but I do want to ask the question Meg I know you had this recollection Jen I think you did too that this was the least favorite yeah. book yeah it was two and three yeah. So, how did that hold up? Does that stand? Did you like it better now? Um, yeah, I, I like it a lot better now, but that's because I'm an adult and have complex emotions and understand <laughs> complex emotions and understand yes. children with complex emotions. It is the understanding and processing the complex emotions right. that makes this better. As opposed to being a kid and going, man, this book is just fucking bumming me out. Exactly. We already had our own angst at the age that we were reading this like i did not need to read more angst i wanted action yeah Um, and yeah it there's not a lot of action in this book no now we're about to come across what i think are like the four best books so it's i sure it's gone up it's probably higher than most of the ghost written books are going to be but it's it's still you know it's not one four five six and seven my copies of those are almost falling apart because of the numbers of times i reread them nice three if i read it twice i would be shocked i did not i liked tobias as a character i we can talk about this more when we come across book eight but K.A. Applegate did things because of how she felt people or the kids would feel, which is give Tobias less books because she didn't think people could relate to a red tail hawk. And I was the kind of kid (laughs) who was like, no, you're right. Tobias is a lot of angst. I love Tobias. Like, 
Tobias was one of my first book crushes, but I did not particularly care for his, most of his books. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it was like him flying around as a hawk. Yeah. And that's that wasn't cool to me at the time. Now it's like, fuck yeah, it's let's do that. A lot of inner <laughs> angst, which, yeah, now I'm like, cool, let's do it. Yeah, this is the best one we've read so far. <laughs> I know it's only three. I know it's a small, it's a small sample size, but this but one the was good news is the I hope one. that they're in, like getting better every time and that you continue to be yeah. like, this was better than the last one. You know what? Anytime I love story progression. Like, I love sequels and, and furthering stories when they're not just rehashes of the same thing. So, like, this is this is great, and I'm sure it's going to be great. But, yeah, this is definitely the best one so far. Yeah, and I definitely think you'll see as we go, this is more serial storytelling than episodic storytelling. Which is not to say yeah. there probably aren't books in there somewhere that don't, don't do as much to advance the overall plot. Right. But, yeah. by and large, like, things happen baggage comes back and bites people later and right it it does move on and does add to itself yeah maybe once we get through that first series of books um you know once everybody's sort of introduced and you can kind of see that maybe that's what what it's taking there is a discussion of when the first arc kind of ends whether it's book five or book eight so we'll have to discuss that as we're coming up yeah. but yeah there must be another lake book or i read some fan fiction because i swear to god they were going to try to turn a lake into a york pole and i really thought that that's what they were doing and when they were like no they just must need it for a ship or something and i was like really <laughs> i have yeah. a recollection of this as well okay right me too i immediately remembered that and i was like wait is this when this ha- what <laughs> there's a lot of like we do a lot of sea creatures, but I swear that's why they turned into fish. I don't know. Yeah. I do have a uh, another kind of major note in this that actually has nothing to do with Tobias or birds or uh, weird animal facts yet or people <laughs> wanting to bone down on one another. Okay. <laughs> I am concerned for Marco. I am concerned that if Marco were a real person in the real world, he would have some disturbing right-wing politics. Oh no, where are you getting this from? I have homework, Jake said. And trust me, Marco, if Rachel sees you at the mall making faces while she's on the balance beam, she will turn into an elephant and stomp you. Marco winced. Remember the good old days when all a girl could do was call you names? Marco's mom. There's also died. the. I just like. There's. He's my sweet baby boy, and his mom is dead, and we just need to protect him. And he uses humor as a defense mechanism. He's also not a thirty-year-old dude that I'm about to call a young guy, but he is literally a kid. Right. There's also, and he would be a thirty-year-old dude now. There's also the point in which he argues that they shouldn't save anyone because they're all strangers and everyone should fend for themselves. I think that's just scared kid. I think that's just scared kid talking. I like I don't... that you're bringing this up because I no. remember hating Marco until we got to his first book. I see there was Marco there was a was... moment when I I sort of identified with Marco. <laughs> I, so sorry. I I'm not going to lie. Uh there was a moment when Tobias 
made a joke at his own expense about being stuck in... I don't remember exactly what the joke was. And then he makes a comment about how Marco's the only one that laughed because it was kind of a darker joke. Yeah. And that's all I could think of. is like, I would have been the one who laughed at that. Same. That would have been me. Yeah. yeah. Can we also well, note I... the fact that, like, Jake tells him don't go and he still fucking goes to the mall to watch Rachel? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm with you in that Marco, I'd argue that for most of it, Marco is probably my least favorite. Originally. And maybe some of it is just this whole, he seems like he would have been the kind of guy who would have beaten me up in high school. Or in middle school or in whatever. <laughs> He does um, seem like the kind of kid that I would have caught beating people up and punched the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not beating anybody up. No. Yeah. But I don't, know. I, I don't I don't think I've had enough time with any of these people to not none of them have wronged me. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a least favorite yet. I am genuinely trying to remember. I know I did not care for Cassie much. Like Rachel was Aww. my brand of feminism. I'm really hoping that it changes as an adult, but like Cassie <laughs> was my least favorite of the original five. I Ca- feel Cassie's like like the most genuinely good person in the group, though. I feel like she also gets the short stick when it comes to, at least in books that aren't her own books so far, to character development and moments yeah. that aren't just quiet contemplation or being the voice of reason or even just a magical... Cassie said the right thing, and then we all got along again. See, These I are not necessarily yeah. agree because that one sentence just summed up Cassie in the first three books. I don't know. There mm-hmm. are still moments of her. She and Rachel make comments against Marco and high five. I did not like her in Jake's book. She is basically just the voice of reason. But there are moments of like Cassie, bye. Cassie making jokes in book two and in book three. But yes, overall, her character so far is. I'm passive and the fixer. As our Cassie leaves. Aw. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. So do we want to move along to how today's technology would fuck this up? Or does anyone else have oh, notes? Oh, man, it would. It, no, I. we can definitely talk about that. I think it plays into it. Even We'll have probably more things to discuss after that. But it yeah. is. The big reason why they think the 2010 or 2011 reboot failed is because technology and society has changed so much that it's a little harder to fall into this fantasy. Kind of like my brother and sister don't don't remember an airport prior to 9-11, mostly because they were born in 2005. The problem I have with that is that things like Stranger Things exist and still play. Sure, but this isn't this wasn't fed to them as a 90s book. They tried to update it. Well, maybe there is the problem. If this had been like maybe. it's 1996 and the world is ending, yeah, I think a kid would have been like, "Okay, I'm all on board. This is why there isn't this technology." I mean, do you think we're not far enough removed from 1996 for that to have value? Not people? yet. I think another 10, 50, honestly, 10, 20 years, you could make a really great period piece of a 90s movie of this. Well, yeah. Netflix already tried to make a really good period piece 90s TV show, and because we live in the darkest timeline, it got fucking canceled, and I'm still mad. Oh, yeah. Which one was that? 
everything sucks. That's right. I get it confused with the British one that I did not like. Everything sucks was wonderful and beautiful and fun and I'm so mad there's not more of it. Um, no, because if you ask people when the 90s were, everybody has to stop and think for a minute and realize that 1990 was not 10 years ago. So yeah, until that's I do that stops happening, um, until I stop being shocked that like people my age go, oh yeah, I was born in 1995, and I'm like, oh dear God, you're a child, but then it's like, no, you're really not. So. I did have a note that ties directly into how technology would fuck things up, except it's really just answering a lingering problem that the characters have. And that is the question of morphing shoes. <laughs> I've thought this a couple of times. I actually made notes in this book, however. If those shoes that are basically skin-tight rubber with separated toes had existed, they would be able to morph shoes. That's yeah. true. That's very true. I don't think they make those shoes anymore. I think those shoes were actually terrible for they you. They are bad for your feet. Uh, Didn't they realize that? Probably. I know that they couldn't. They were told that they could sell them as medical or athletic or something yeah. like that. They still exist. You can still get them. They just can't advertise. I mean, there are like little pullover shoes that you can technically buy because I looked into them for my mermaid costume, which I'm very glad I didn't do because I don't think they would have protected my feet from hot concrete. But, you know, I don't know. I like the barefoot aspect, the vulnerable yeah. in human form. Uh... Another note that ties into technology, and this is funny to me, I guess, at least maybe only me. Uh, on the other hand, Jake had morphed into a flea, and according to him, it was kind of a big nothing. Like being trapped in a very old, very bad video game where you could barely see anything. If this was the mid-90s, they would have had what? N64s and PS1s and Dreamcasts? I don't know if N64 yeah. would have been out yet. Yeah, I had that in high school, so that would have been mid-90s. Okay, then it would have been out. Yeah. Those are the bad ones. Okay, but before that was <laughs> no, Atari. Hold on. And Super uh, Nintendo on. and Sega Genesis. The Super Nintendo looked far better than anything on the N64 or PS1 ever looked. The N64 and the PlayStation 1 were the absolute glory days of video oh, games. Oh, I disagree with that. They were the, the best video games of my life came out on those systems. No, sorry. Super Mario was still the best on Super Nintendo. Everyone is entitled to their opinions. And Sonic on and, Sega Genesis. And while I cannot make that same claim as you there, Tim, <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is... Those graphics were rough, and those controls were rough, and a lot of games were good despite those things. But if you're making fun of video game graphics, the only thing that the N64 can make fun of is the Atari. Okay, but think about it. I remember when PS1 came out and, like, watching... was When did PS2 come out? Um, and watching my uncle play on his PlayStation and be like, holy shit, that's really cool. Oh, it was cool. But the graphics are not good. They were But I was like ten were... years old. Do you think I gave a shit? Yeah. I was about to say I was I was fifteen and they they were great to me at the time. 
I'm just saying as as a point where the book has age. Oh, that no, I would agree. be yeah, one. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like as and there are games on those consoles that I love. And I could have an entirely separate conversation about what I think about the nostalgia people have for those consoles. And how it relates to specifically having played specific things at the time. But I won't. Uh, because that's not this podcast. But looking back now, especially if it's like a game you did not play at the time, games on that hardware are really hard to parse visually. Oh, yeah. On that generation yeah, of hardware. That's a that's a fair statement. And I absolutely agree with, like, that was the shit at the time. <laughs> but, like, many things from the 90s, just because it was new and cool did not actually make it good. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um... The whole idea of wanting to get them to show themselves. Because that's basically their whole plan is that they're going to go attack the York ship and thus expose it to this entire city that apparently has millions of people in it. And thus they can no longer hide. Yeah. That is entirely, could I guess still be a plan in today's world and technology because it's more likely to get caught on camera. But it would be even easier now, right? You just yeah. Instagram it. You just Snapchat it. You just make it your story for the day. Right. It would be harder for them to hide. Would it Depending be? on their level of, like, how, how many people they've taken over and, and how high up they go. It would be much, much more difficult for them to, to pull off their plan than it would... I think their the animorphs to pull off theirs. The priorities would change of who would be important to take over. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. like you'd you'd have to have your Jack Dorseys and Elon Musk's yeah. and all those people. Yeah, absolutely. Frankly, if Jack were a Yerk, it would explain a lot now. <laughs> who would have been the big people? You could say that about a lot of people, though. Oh, I know. But there are a lot of people. Yes. Is that a new game? You are correct. Who is a Yerk? <laughs> Who's a controller in today's society? Um, unfortunately I think people just suck that's something that we've had to come to terms with in the past 20 years Um, but I point out some shit doesn't change and even though we are now 20 years older they're still making fun of us as millennials I mean they're also calling me as millennials a younger generation they don't know what the term millennial means anymore Millennials are just graduating from Fair. high school. No, no, we're not. I graduated 12 years ago. Thank you. Yeah. The point remains, they still attempt to disenfranchise and remove power from younger people in fear of positive change. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Tim is just <laughs> staring at me as I get yeah. political on our podcast about a 20-year-old children's book franchise. Uh, I... I... I've missed being a millennial by like a year, I think, the last time we checked it. So, <laughs> I am curious who the important... I know the people that they pick for the book as like the people that they try to turn... We are going to have some of those plots of like, we got to stop them from taking down X or that's going to be like a huge win for the Yerks. But who in actual society would have been someone that Yerks would have gun for i guess my gut reaction is kanye but then i think about all the shit he does and there's no way he's a yerk 
I meant now, in the Kim, 90s, but sure, we can go with nowadays. Kim Kardashian definitely would be a big one. All the Kardashians would be a big one. I saw Ocean's 8, and, like, they sh- it's a Met, it, you know, it takes place at the Met Galley, and um, they show the Kardashians, and, like, I just let out, like, this unconscious groan, and my friend just started <laughs> laughing. It was, it, yeah, you're right. The Kardashians would be very high on that list, and it yeah. makes me very sad. Um, Elon Musk definitely a yerk. Yeah, that that was the name that I was gonna say. Like that, uh, you mentioned that earlier. That's the sort of obvious. But who in the nineties? Who in the nineties? Wow, that's a question. I mean, I mean, you you would think it would be a little more like a little less outside the box thinking on who would be important. Like you would think the president or uh, you know higher ups in the military you know of of the US those those types of people or or the larger nations i'm going to run one by you and this is based on the text as they're talking about the ship that we learn is a transport ship sucking up air and water to carry up to the dome ship these large tubes come out and down into the lake and start siphoning up water and cassie says they're like straws Tobias narrates, I could hear the sucking sound. Ross Perot and his giant sucking sound are yerks. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Similarly, okay. I looked frantically for my friends. There they were. I shrugged off the wind beneath my wings and dropped toward them. Wind beneath my wings. Barbara Streisand, also a yerk. Or was that Bette Midler? Oh, fuck. I don't know who that Damn was. Damn it. I literally was just reading something about beaches the other day. It was Streisand, wasn't Sorry. it? That, that's what I thought. No, it's Bette Midler. Damn it. Okay. Bette Midler. Yeah. Yerk. This is the thing, though. I feel like at this point in time, the Yerks would get farther by starting in a major city and taking over a local government than if they tried to immediately shoot for a national government. Well, we don't know what they're shooting for. We don't have any kind of idea of what their plan is because right the anim- isn't it world domination? It is world domination. But we have no idea if it's like, are you in a bunch of little towns starting slowly? Oh, have you started from the gotcha. top and working your way down? That kind of thing. Because the animals don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh. Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons, definitely a yerk. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I guess, would have to be up there. He was like the heartthrob of the 90s. Tim Allen. Tim Allen, a yerk to this day. (laughs) That whole like... Maybe even a double yerk now. That whole like family on that show, Home Improvement, that's the show. A double... So his yerk has a yerk? (laughs) His yerk has a yerk. Maybe, maybe not, uh, what was the, what was the mom's name? Patricia Henderson? Uh, sure. Maybe not the mom. She was cool. She was on West Wing. She's been on something recently I saw. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, I guess, was another one in the Celine Dion. Every, just everyone involved in Titanic. (laughs) Um... 
I can't think of her name. You know, wait, wait, you know who else was in Titanic? Oh, God. Not Billy, Billy Zane. Zane. <laughs> Billy, Billy Zane, Zane was in Titanic. Billy Zane was not a Yerk. Maybe he was. I don't no. know. No, no way. Billy Zane Patricia Richardson. Yerk. Yeah. Patricia Richardson, not a Yerk. Everyone else on there, a Yerk. <laughs> Billy Zane probably fought the Yerks. Probably. I'm letting you guys have your Billy Zane corner for right now. Okay. Because we're two zany guys. You are two zany guys. Backdoor pilot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any, any you, okay. So, hang on. I, I had a, a text conversation with Alex. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I know where After this is we going. started the two zany guys thing. Are you guys actually dropped, doing this? We dropped every imaginable Billy Zane pun. And it might have been the greatest conversation I've ever had in my life. All right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna share any of them because I'm saving them for when we start this podcast. Yeah, just suffice it to say, it was completely insane. Um, <laughs> Your romance is making me feel very third wheel right now. So can we? <laughs> now you know how the hawk felt. <laughs> uh. It is interesting that. The most humanized character, that's probably not the right word, the one he keeps turning to is Rachel, who is already showing signs of, I think Marco tells her, like, you actually enjoy this, you didn't enjoy the destruction, like, you weren't trying to let the hawk go for the sake of the hawk, you were doing it because you like a battle. And yet, this is who Tobias keeps turning to, to be like... I need you to remind me I'm human. Not Cassie, who would be the most obvious answer out of any of them. But maybe that is why he would go to her, because Cassie would be more like Hakuna Matata, whereas Rachel was straining against a patriarchal system. After all, it was the 90s. (laughs) It was the 90s. I don't know how the patriarchy factors into him being a red tail hawk, but okay. Except for that he still probably would get paid more. But... They they both struggle with glass ceilings. Oh, he actually does in this yes, book. Yes, thank you, Tim. Put them all. <laughs> oh, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> no, but okay, but that ruins your whole metaphor because it's Marco who has to help him break through that glass ceiling, and Marco is your your right winger. And I swear to God, if you say a guy always has to Marco. help break through the glass ceiling, I will turn this off. I'm letting you know that it ruins the metaphor (laughs) i'm not saying saying. that marco has to be i'm just saying that i have some concerns maybe marco just needs a good role model or two in his life his dad has completely fallen apart yeah i'm not saying marco doesn't have reasons for being the way he is i'm just saying that kind of isolation can't be good for a kid that kind of stress can't be it's not Okay, metaphors aside, that was a pretty awesome part in the book, though. Yes. When he threw the baseball yes. through the... I I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I enjoyed the whole ball thing. Like, we did talk about how dark it got, but it was, it was good. It was well yeah. done. That is probably another way in which this book would be entirely inaccessible today. 
malls are not a cultural center anymore. Uh, no. Okay, so she had her gymnastics, mm-hmm. gymnasty, her, her meet in the middle of the yes. mall. Yeah. Not like in like, like just out in the open. I've never seen anything like that. My yeah, mall had a, a huge stage in the main hub where all the like wings split yeah. off from. I feel like it stopped in the early 2000s. Maybe it was 9-11 that caused that to stop as much. I mean, most gymnastic meets that I went to were actually in, like, a designated um, gym. But I remember, like, uh, pageants and shit being in the mall, so. Yeah, you had pop stars whose entire careers yeah. were predicated on the existence Mall-tours. of malls. I, I... Hundred percent don't remember any of that. I, like, I remember it like as a thing. I don't remember ever being a part of. It. Were you a mall? I definitely was never though? a part of it. I mean, I went to the mall, but like, I wouldn't call myself a mall rat. Did you hang out at the mall, or did you go to the mall when you needed something? No. Okay. Yeah, I, I went to the mall in order to purchase things. Okay. And then left. How close to a bigger city did you grow up? I grew up here. Okay. I grew up in where if you wanted something to do, your options were go to the mall or go to and go to the mall up there. Gotcha. Yeah, like, especially if you wanted anything to be open after 6 p.m., you could buy yourself an extra two hours by going to the mall. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why. It's because we were closer to You just gave away where you're located, Tim. No, oh, no. That's true. Change the Yorks will find you. We'll just beep that part out. Yeah, we'll just I go back totally... and edit it so it says something like... <laughs> totally beep it out. So, as we've stated, Tobias was not friends with them. I assume that, like, they knew... We know Jake knew who Tobias was. I assume because there was no, like, hi, my name's Cassie. Hi, my name. That they actually did know Tobias. What is this picture that Rachel pulls out to show Tobias to be like, this is what you look like? I mean, an old class photo, maybe? Did they have class photos after elementary school? Yes. Yeah, they had yearbooks. But it's not... We if definitely it was a had yearbook, our pictures taken every year. If, I feel like if it was a yearbook, it would have said, like, I pulled out a yearbook. I don't know. To me, because it doesn't specify, yeah, like, class picture like, or something like that, like, it seems more candid than that. But they, to they be... Had, like, polaroids and stuff i'm sure they had pictures of them together doing things right? they literally well, I... went they weren't friends they meet an alien they crash a school to be fair all we really know is that jake says he doesn't really know tobias that he's kind of weird we never actually hear the others say they don't know him yeah I guess. and i like it was a thing you could do where you got your packet of school pictures and you'd have the little wallet size and you'd swap them with friends. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, pre, true. maybe at some point Rachel saw that nobody was swapping with Tobias and swapped with him. Just to make him feel better. There are any number of ways Rachel could have wound up with a picture of him. Okay. That's she could true. have gone back and found one later. Okay. It just seemed weird to me. We have a whole week covered in this book, whereas the first couple are over the course of a couple of days. Yeah. I mean, this one takes a week plus to play out. Right. And yeah. as much as he talked to her earlier on in it about 
feeling like he was losing himself. There was plenty of time there, especially when she thought he was dead. For her to go find a picture, and it was in the nightstand by her bed. Maybe she felt badly and found something to remember him by. The picture and came then, up oh, hey, before he shows he up again. Did yeah. it? Okay, I thought it was later. Well, never mind that. Because he's having this existential crisis the entire book. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just, I thought, I thought it was when he came back. Yeah. But I do like his moment of, like, I need to focus on the positive things. I can go to baseball games. I can go to football games. I can go see concerts. Yeah. He, you know, and he can fly. Like, I do like that there are moments of, like, I need to make a list of the positive things and just keep telling myself over and over and eventually it'll be okay. R. Kelly would have been very envious. Also, definitely a yerk. <laughs> yeah. Michael Jordan? No, but Shaq. Definitely Shaq. Dennis Rodman, no doubt. Are you saying no doubt he was or no doubt was? I don't, I'm not familiar enough with the work of no doubt to implicate them. <laughs> but I can't rule it out either. <laughs> you too? Definitely. Oh, definitely. No one but Yerks would write Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. What would the sharing be today? Um, my understanding is that kids today do their best not to talk to each other except through their phones. Okay. My source for that is still buffering. Um, <laughs> because I believe in citing my sources. Um, so I'm going to say... I'm going to say a lot like it is now. Maybe it would try to tie itself into religious groups because that's a set congregation activity every week. Okay. Um. Maybe it becomes some sort of school club that just franchises out across schools. Yeah, you'd think it would be some kind of new... Not something that, that they're doing now, but something that starts that that would attract people to it. I love that yeah. you're like, kids are always on their phone, but it's got to be something religious or school. An app. <laughs> there could be some kind of app. Wait a minute. It's Reddit. How did we not? <laughs> it's Reddit. <laughs> Damn it. It's Reddit and 4chan and all of those <laughs> kinds of things. Uh, where are the Nazis now? That's where also the Yerks are. My phone or my tablet just threw a fit and told me to keep my eyes healthy. I need to take a rest now. <laughs> Thanks, tablet. Did Satoru Iwata program your tablet himself? No, but apparently I have something on that after 60 minutes of being on, it tells it turns it off. I don't know if it's just the app or the actual tablet. I think it's the actual, t or the app. Because um, that reminds me of the Wii, which would tell you to take a break every so often. I mean, Netflix tries to tell me that too, but. Yeah, but it feels way more judgmental about it. Yeah. Do you know what time I think it is? No. I think it is time for some fun animal trivia. No, I'm not ready. I've, I've been waiting a whole fortnight for this. I have two, pretty much, because I found this uh, almost right away. I talked to you, like, days ago, and you were so excited about this, and I am not ready. I'm, like, desperately so, looking for something else in the book to talk about. 
Stupid this apes. is along the lines of last episode's idea. Something we could monetize morphing powers with. I'm not ready to let go of that conceit quite yet. I mean, I'm all for you considering to monetize it. Keep doing that. So, I'm sending you a picture now. Okay. A helpful uh, reference. If we were to acquire African penguins, and maybe other kinds of penguins, but I definitely know that this is true of African penguins, which are formerly known as jackass penguins. Uh, when you boil their eggs, the yolks remain clear. They were considered a delicacy the until they were banned. The whites stay clear. The whites stay clear. I'm sorry, yeah. They were considered a delicacy until their consumption was banned. There were lists you could get like a dozen, maybe two dozen a year, if you were lucky. Uh, and they were described as being like a hen's egg, but a little fishier. Ugh. That's a hell of a marketing Ugh. slogan. So, all we have to do is morph into penguins, lay some eggs, and then sell them. Don't the males lay the eggs? I don't think that's how... No. It's not the males penguins. incubate the eggs. Oh. While the women hunt. I was really hoping to get but, out of this. I mean, we would have they to. Don't... We would all have to morph into female penguins. Yeah. They don't look like food. No, they look like they those look like... cakes that are like the the water cakes that are a thing right now. I don't know what that is. It's like a. a it... it looks like a water bubble, but it's supposed to be a cake. So. I'm noticing that no one is saying no to this. This one's not as bad. The <laughs> only problem I have with it is no, that yeah. this means we have to have sex with penguins. Or whatever the penguins do to have eggs. And that, I, that is weird. Well, they don't have, eggs don't have to be fertilized. That's true. I don't know enough about, like, penguin baby systems here. <laughs> Also, does it hurt? Because, like, I'm never having kids because fuck that shit. Apparently it hurts. <laughs> I do not know if it hurts the penguins to lay the eggs. These are the these I... are the questions I need answered before I can agree to monetize. Also, well, yeah, but how much does it hurt versus how much are we getting paid? Why were they banned? Yeah, why were they banned? Other than the fact that they're extremely unsettling looking. And they sound disgusting. I think mostly just because penguins don't have the largest populations. And it's not like penguins lay tons and tons of eggs. I guess not. You're very... That's very true. Um, I, don't, I don't think I could eat a penguin egg. I definitely couldn't. Yeah. Is Animorphs going to make you a vegetarian? Probably not. Some cursory googling does seem to indicate that at least in the case of very large eggs, it does hurt to lay them. But normal, <laughs> normal eggs don't. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's really like it looks like decoration somebody would have laying out somewhere. It does not look like food. I'm gonna have to send you a picture of these cakes so you can understand. So I guess I'm going back to the drawing board on yeah. this one. I don't yeah. hear any really emphatic buying into this idea. No, not no. quite. You're getting closer to a good idea. Yeah, this is definitely better than Beaver Butthole. <laughs> to be honest, I expected you guys to be way more unsettled. I'm going to have to work harder. Just the idea of eating penguin eggs, I expected no, you I to be. I, no, uh -uh. so here's the uh -uh. thing. Can't do it. You're not saying we are going to make money by eating these eggs. <laughs> like... So you're fine with the consumption of penguin eggs just as long as you don't have to do it. We eat bird eggs already. Okay. Why are penguins more... I mean, penguins are more special because penguins are awesome. But let's be honest, they're still birds. Yeah, it would be kind of hypocritical to be like, to hell with you, chicken. Save the penguin exactly. eggs. Exactly. Or ostrich eggs are a thing. What are the tiny ones? Tiny eggs like quail oh, eggs. That's the one I was thinking of. Caviar. I don't do cat. All right, we can move along. That from doesn't this. come from a place of judgment, though. Tim. Yes. Are you ready to make predictions about what happens in the next book? Yeah, I don't know why, <laughs> because I'm apparently not very good at it. I um, mean, if you ever okay. get good at it, then that means so, the series is starting to fail. That's true. Okay, so my thought is, is that they're going to try another plan to stop the Yerks. I'm thinking Chapman's going to be back next book. I'm thinking that's going to happen. This is going to involve the school, right? And I, I'm changing my vote. I was going to go Marco is the next book, but I'm thinking Marco's fifth now. I'm thinking Cassie's going to be the fourth book. So that's a There is got. a good chance that I actually said we're going earlier, yeah. we're going back to school in a Cassie book. Those are my predictions. You haven't looked at the cover? Okay. Nope. No clue what's on it. I was thinking this week about Chapman. And I was thinking about casting ideas for Chapman and I know we floated one last episode. But I cannot I cannot drop the idea of Jeff Goldblum as Chapman now. Oh. I still love that. That would be fun. That would be fun. I am curious if... I feel like there are books that Visitor 3 doesn't show up or isn't necessarily the bad guy. Like, every single plan they've had, Visitor 3 has somehow shown up. There's no way he can be involved in every plan, right? Or that he's going to be there to try to foil every plan. I really don't remember i feel like he doesn't show up in six but i could be very wrong about that i really love book six um i think as things get bigger in scale it probably gets easier for him to not be the focus yeah yeah also i imagine you pick up more and different enemies or at least i would assume you would but right yeah. now he's kind of the only one they have I cannot so. express how excited I am for these four books. <laughs> A lot happens in the next four. I'm very excited. And watch, Tim's going to be like, these suck. <laughs> My heart will break. Anything else before we wrap it up? 
Um, no, that's all I had. That was my last note. Tim? Fan fiction? Yes. Here's my fanfic. I caught the headset as it smacked into my chest, a little harder than I thought it would. Megan must have let the failed attempt at the simulator get to her. She's one of the, she was one of the best drone pilots in our little militia. You make the shot every time when it matters, and I don't get lucky, I said, tossing the headset back to her. I breathe, and I think about what's at stake. What's at stake? What's been taken? What I can't stand to lose again? Most of the people we fight with have family and friends that were controllers. Humans with nasty little alien slugs piloting their bodies. But some of us? Some of us know what it's like, firsthand, to be mentally beaten into, su into submission until all you can do is watch and listen as what used to be you does unspeakable things. If it weren't for the others. Meg and I rounded the corner outside the simulators and headed for the gag, our mess hall. For a place with such a nasty name, it had some of the best cafeteria food I've ever eaten. It's no mind-blowing experience, but it definitely hits the spot after a long stretch in the pods. I filled my plate with chicken tenders, french fries, and a little broccoli so I could feel better about my choices. Hey, I could die tomorrow. There's no reason not to enjoy as much as possible while I can. Meg carried our trays over to our usual table. Meg and I carried our trays over to our usual table, and I proceeded to shovel fry after fry into my mouth as quickly as possible. I knew as soon as our friends got there, it would be all goofs and chicanery, and a gal like me needs fuel in order to be funny. The mundane thing I had missed most when I was a controller was the taste of fried potatoes. Yerks don't enjoy food the way we do. They eat to live, not live to eat. It was hell not tasting that starchy, salty goodness. I was nearly finished with my helping when I heard a voice that wasn't Meg's. It was male, and it sounded so close that my head snapped up hard fry still dangling from my mouth. I tried to place the direction of the sound, but no one was close enough for, to, to me for... Ugh. I tried to place the direction of the sound, but no one was close enough to me for it to have been them. I tried to shrug it off, but that little place in my brain, the, the place I imagine the yerk attached to every time I have a headache, began to throb. Move, said the voice again, and this time panic gripped me. I, I leapt to my feet and spun around just as a huge explosion rocked the ground under my feet but uh cool. alex you were number one tim you were number two i'm going to pull up a random gen number generator and it is number two ten tim you're next oh man so that's good because this, i have this, closing this whole idea stuff. yes this whole idea just got very real to me now <laughs> well the good news is there is actually is a google doc so you don't have to just listen it's all fun and games until I actually have to yep. do it. <laughs> Which, do we have, like, a minimum amount that we have to do just to keep you guys from doing, like, saying Billy Zane and claiming that that's your contribution? No, no. I'll, uh, I'll take it serious. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it serious. Why do you think we would be the ones to dick off? Because we're two zany guys. <laughs> because out of the four We've of like... us, one, I've already we're done it. We're the two likely to dick off. <laughs> You're, Alex, to be fair, this is more directed towards Tim because you're likely to go either very short or, like, suddenly we're all crying from how beautiful it is. Like the, the episode where you do a book report on Tarzan. 
Did panel all Jews. Still one of the yes. best things ever. So. Well, thank you. That was episode 95. Um, <laughs> I think. We'd like to thank Christina Spinks for our show art. If you're interested in getting some cool art from her, email her at c.m.spinks.animator at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, you can occasionally uh, see funny pictures of <laughs> things like my bad sketch of an Andalite wearing two pairs of pants. Uh, the best or, sketch ever. Come on now. Or perhaps we'll share a picture of what penguin eggs look like after being hard-boiled. <laughs> we are at Minds at Yerk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us your questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at mindsatyerk at gmail.com, or you can visit our website at mindsatyerk.com, and yerk is spelled Y-E-E-R-K, and click on contact and send us a question or comment that way without ever having to touch that pesky old email thing. If you like the show and want to help us out, share us with friends. If you hate the show, share us with enemies. In either case, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts with five stars. If you love us, five stars means that. And if you hate us, five stars also means that. <laughs> it's really more a function of absolute value than quality judgment. <laughs> you're measuring intensity of your feelings. <laughs> if you're apathetic, just stay away. It saves yourself some work. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. Or on our website to listen to. And if we're not on your podcatcher of choice, let us know one of all those many ways I just told you to contact us, and we will attempt to rectify that. Unless it's Spotify, in which case we have really no control over that, which is kind of a pain, and frankly, they know what they did. Uh, if you want to hear more of Jin and me, you can listen to Panelology on all those same platforms and probably also some others, or at panelologypodcast.com. Hey, Meg, you have other podcasts. Would you like to tell us how to listen to you there as well? Sure. You can find me at Judging Book Covers Podcast, Fabulous Retellings Podcast, or Handbook Podcast, which I'm not going to say the new full name of Handbook Podcast because I forgot it and I'd, I'll have to wait until we I edit. So, But it's great. So, You can also listen to what, when this comes out, will be the most recent episode of Panelology, where Meg fills in for Jen. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm doing panelology this week. Yep. Hey, when you're going to pick up comics tomorrow, you want to get one called Submerged if they still have a copy. Um, okay, I might... I don't know where I'm going to get comics tomorrow, but I'll figure it out. Submerged, I need to write that down. Yep. Uh, anyway. My name is Alex. No, random quote nope. of the week. Oh, right, random quote. What am I thinking? That was my favorite thing to do. Uh, Alright, someone tell me when to stop. Stop. It's not that simple, Cassie said. If Jake looks weak, the other alpha may attack. <laughs> uh, they're actually... Uh, I don't... We should, There is a line where Rachel talks about Jake's looks in this. And I totally don't remember. Oh, uh, no, I took note of that one. I did too. Check just how many more times are you going to pee, Rachel demanded after his fifth stop. <laughs> no, that's not it. But that is one of oh. them. Oh, damn it. Look, Rachel's into water sports. We, we've we got this at this <laughs> that point. That's the second time this week someone's talked to water sports about to me. Uh, anyways.
Let's be done. My name is Alex. My name is Megan. And I'm Tim. And I guess and the year's got you. We fight. See you in two weeks. <laughs> Bye.